I'm Nicole McCants, a psychologist turned business coach for psychotherapists. It was not long ago when I was in solo private practice, seeing way too many clients feeling overwhelmed and burnt out. In 2016, when I became pregnant with twins, I knew I had to scale to a group practice because I couldn't keep working that much. I was sick of hitting the ceiling in my income and knew that the only way to make more money and help more people was expanding my practice. In three short years, I was able to scale it to 55 therapists and multiple seven figures. Once I was able to reach that goal, I had to take it to my peers. I'm here to teach you how to scale your solo practice to a group or take your group practice to the next level. We didn't learn anything about business in graduate school. So I created the Business Savvy Therapist podcast where I share easy to implement, business and marketing strategies so you can help more people, make more money, and have more freedom. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Business Savvy Therapist. Today, we're talking about improving team morale. My first question for you, How do you feel your team morale is? Like really tap in, really just take a moment to reflect zero to 10, how happy are they? First, let me define, this might actually help you come up with a rating. What does morale actually mean? Well, according to ChatGBT, it means how satisfied they are, how motivated they are, and how enthusiastic they are to show up at your group practice. So really gauge, if you clicked on this episode, I have a sense that maybe there's something going on in your culture and you want to improve it. And I'm committed after this episode that you know exactly what to do. First, let's talk about what actually impacts team morale. The very first thing is leadership. I always say, everything trickles from you. And I know that could feel like a lot of pressure, but it really is true. But I know your commitment to being an amazing leader or you wouldn't be listening to this episode. And there's just some small things. Like I also wasn't the best leader right away. I didn't really know what I was doing. We didn't learn anything, right? About any of this. In graduate school, we learned to be great therapists, but definitely I had no idea how to lead. And it really took, there was no podcast like this for me, but it really took deep diving into my personal growth. And I want to tell you something at the end of this, the person that you are will be very different in the best way. You will grow into a version of yourself that truly surprises you and that you are so proud of. What impacts morale is recognition and reward. So it's, yes, it has to do with leadership, but it also has to do with your therapist, your admin, maybe you have a clinic manager. Do they feel valued? Do they feel appreciated? And I think this has a lot to do with how you appreciate people, which actually, personally, I think has to do with our love language. So for me, my love language is words. So I I would say I'm pretty good at letting someone know if they're doing a great job because words come naturally to me. How do you show that you appreciate them and value them? Maybe you're not a big word person. Maybe it's quality time, like maybe, or maybe you'll say, Hey, you know, I'm going to take you out for a coffee. But if it is not words, I think that 
human beings really need to be seen and heard. And if words don't come easy to you, that is something to work on. I think probably though, you're just like me and words come easy because that's why we're in the profession of talking, right? Talk therapy. So I think they come easy to you. But I also know that you're really busy. You're so busy, maybe even overwhelmed. A lot of you following me are in the growth building phase and you don't have time for words. You're too busy in tasks and strategies and trying to focus on the vision and have this big ship go to the places that you want and and go to the goals. And you don't always have the time, I get that, to have the time to slow down enough to appreciate, to slow down enough to truly see your team and have them feel seen and heard. I will tell you though, as you grow into the leader that they need and that you want to be, you will make that time. And maybe it's not right now, but at least in the back of your mind, you know that, okay, this is something that it has to be a focus. And in the next like few months, this is going to be something that I create more white space in my calendar. Yes, eventually you're going to have way more freedom, way more white space in your calendar that you can have conversations and really build that connection with your team. It starts with leadership and then rewards and recognition, but also communication. The beautiful thing about you being a therapist is you're a really good communicator. We're professional communicators, aren't we? Like literally. As a kid, my mom always told me that I talked way too much, but guess what? I turned that into a profession that paid me really well and I made a difference in the world. So if you're a good communicator, then this is going to be easy for you. But here's my question. Really think about how do I communicate? Am I effective at my communication? And what I mean is, are you transparent? You are making so many changes as you grow. You are implementing vacation policies, manuals. If you're following me, it's online booking. You're tracking way more than you used to. And this is change. How are you communicating that change? Are you a dictator or are you collaborative or are you the opposite end of the spectrum where you're super flexible, which I don't want you to be because then it's chaos and you don't want that, right? You want this ship to be well-oiled and self-operating. But just check in with yourself because I find that therapists can complain, which impacts morale if one, the leader is not really communicating at all. Like there's these changes happening. I'm so confused. I don't know what's happening. Now, I don't think that's you or or because if you're following me, I've set you up for success to be orderly and everything is streamlined and there are policies and procedures and clarity is kind, isn't it? Clarity is kind that your therapists have the clarity and they know what to expect of them every single day. Maybe you're not there yet, but I will help you get there. So probably your communication is effective. To have it be more effective though, I highly recommend you use an instant messenger. I've mentioned this before in previous episodes. Use something like Flock or Slack, Flock, F-L-O-C-K or Slack. And then that way you're easy to reach, you're accessible, you're communicating, you're doing the team meetings, you're doing all of the things so that I would call that effective communication. But then also, are you being, I think you are, I think you are, but are you being transparent? Transparent in like, you're also just a human being. Do you know what I mean? Like just sharing aspects of yourself. Hey guys, this happened this morning. It was a crazy morning with my kids. Like just being 
transparent, that builds that connection. And probably you are because I think therapists are the best leaders and communicators, but also good to just check in because it's a spectrum. Where are you on the spectrum and can you grow more into your communication? All right, now let's get into the meat. Specifically, how do we actually improve our team morale? How do we have our team really feel like they are a cohesive team? I used to do corporate trainings way back in the day. And it was really interesting. So I would go in and I would talk about effective communication, conflict resolution, and do all these corporate training, lunch and learns. People told me again and again in all the industries I would go to, a lot of like the banks, the high-end, like the high corporations, they would always say, you know, my job is good, but I come for the people and I stay for the people. Now in our industry, we're so lucky that our therapists love what they do. You are giving them a job that makes a difference in other people's lives and they get paid well. So I would say that the therapists love what they do, but they could also do it on their own, right? So how or what has them stay in your group practice? And I think it's it's all the things. Everything's automated. They get the referrals, like all those things, of course. But it's also the people. What is your culture like? What is the sense in the air when you walk into your bricks and mortar? Or what is the sense in the air when you jump on to that virtual meeting if you're virtual? Is it fun? Is it like people are laughing? Like people are friends? They care about each other? That's the place I would want to say. Is that the place that you're providing them? I'm going to go through how to improve morale in person. So inside of a bricks and mortar group practice. And then I'm going to be talking about what to do if you're virtual because it is harder, but don't worry, we can do this together. I've got some great ideas for you. The tricky part about our industry, and I really think it is unfortunate that this part of our industry is that we don't work as a team. And I really noticed that when I sold my clinic and then started business coaching for therapists, the McCants Method, my current business, And in this new business, I have a team of 12 and we work really closely together. I'll give you an example. I lead masterclasses and I have them in the chat and they're helping me. And after a masterclass, we get to help so many people. And and it's almost like we focused on a goal and we all won together. And there's that team cohesiveness. We're clearly working together. We have meetings, we have tasks, objectives, we meet those objectives and we feel really great and it brings us closer. That is not how it was when I owned, of course, a group practice because my therapists, they kind of, even if they're employees, it's almost like they have their own private practice within your group practice. Their door is closed. If they're doing therapy, which you want them to be doing, it means that their door is closed. If you're not supervising them, they may not even be able to tell you what they're talking about, of course, in therapy. And you're not ever working on a project together like other corporations. It's typical in other corporations to be working on something, winning, and you just feel great and this team cohesiveness, but that is not a group practice. And I will tell you, we have to work extra, extra hard to have this team cohesiveness and high morale, I personally think, in the healthcare industry than in any other industry. Here's the other thing. It's tiring what we do. 
after five clients, pretty much back to back, they kind of want to go home, especially if they're contractors. And it was interesting. I would do reviews and they would often say, oh, I wish we did more things as a team. And I would try really hard to do the things, but they wouldn't always show up. And, and I understood because their door is closed and then they are exhausted after hearing people's suffering for five hours, five hours, like five sessions. And then they would go home. I will say though, interestingly, most of you have contractors and hourly employees, which is what I suggest, but I had 11 salaried employees and it was way easier to have this team cohesiveness with them because they were there all day long. They had scheduled breaks, scheduled half an hour lunch, and they would sit in the kitchen, which I'm going to talk about in a second because you need a kitchen if you're bricks and mortar. And so it was a bit easier for them. They were hanging out. They had some space between their clients and they got to chat. They'd keep their door open between clients and kind of chat in the hall or go into each other's rooms. That was not the case with the contractors as much at all. So I'm going to give you tips and tricks of how to, in a world where it is hard in our industry, how we can try our very best to have this team feel because it's so important for retention. In my first job, I worked for like an EAP company and I did, it was during my master's, I did crisis line work and we were in cubicles. And I'm thinking back, that's really the only job I ever had because after that, I went right into solo practice. It was way easier to connect with my peers, colleagues, because I was in a cubicle. They were literally less than a foot away from me. I'd stand up and there they are. And the phone wouldn't always ring. So I made great friends that I actually kept for long-term because it was easy. We were employees. There was no doors that, that is closed. And that's the normal corporate culture. But again, it's not the culture in your clinic. What you want to do first is have a kitchen. Yes, a kitchen. Depending on how many people you have, you're probably wanting to scale if you're following me. You want a kitchen, but you want it to be strategic. We had a table. Now, I really thought about the kind of table that I wanted to buy. I'm going to get to that, like it's why it's important in a second. I was thinking, okay, square footage matters. I don't want a big table. I want a small kitchen because if I'm building this office in these walls, I'd rather have a small kitchen and then that way I have like more treatment rooms and I can help more people, right? And have more therapists. Our kitchen was uh, narrow. And so what I did, you can be creative here. Rather than a table that could take up a lot of square footage in some ways, every inch of square footage matters. I had picture a wall. I had a bar, like a bar table. Do you know what I mean? Like a, yeah, I don't know what to call it, but a bar table. So there was stools. We had four to six stools and this bar table that they could like sit at and eat, but it didn't take a lot at all. It was like probably two feet wide and it was really fun. It was different. And then on the wall, kind of that the wall that they were facing, like they would chat together, of course, because the the stools swiveled. And on the wall, we had our company vision and company values, which was kind of cool. Have a table, also have coffee. Now we had tea in the waiting room only, herbal tea, because we don't want any clients feeling anxious. Do not feed your clients caffeine. And I really did not want to offer coffee. I think it took about three years for me to finally cave. I just didn't want our staff to be on, I don't know, highly caffeinated. (laughs) Those aren't the best therapists. But 
it was a request again and again. And I want to be a flexible therapist. So we got a Keurig. Some people brought their own coffee. And then I had like a small budget of how many I was going to offer in a month. And then once a week, we would bring snacks. Why this matters for team morale, you want to get them in the kitchen. How are you going to get them in the kitchen? You're going to give them snacks at least once a week. It was like muffins and cookies. I had a small budget for that, like 10 bucks for a bunch of muffins and cookies a week and put some coffee in there. Put your water cooler in there. We also had cupboards where each person had a bin with their own snacks they could bring from home because of course I want them to have a little home within our office. And so they were in the kitchen all the time. They were grabbing water, tea, their own snacks, uh, maybe a cookie, a muffin. There was a table right there. They would bring their lunch. You want to get them together. If you have to bribe them with snacks and coffee, do it. We also had two parties a year. One, the holiday party in December. Two, the summer party in June. I just did an episode. I would definitely go back and listen to that called The Holiday Party Playbook, where I walk you through how to have the best parties and really build that connection. Because the parties is really where you spend that real quality time, hours together, and really getting to know each other. Hey, have you heard about my free three-day live course? It's called How to Build a Seven-Figure Group Practice That Runs Without You. Day one, you'll learn the one thing you need to scale. Day two, you'll learn the two must-have questions to ask before you hire. And day three, I'm going to teach you how to fill your group practice spending less than an hour a week on marketing. Join me live. I cannot wait to answer all of your questions. See you there. We would also have impromptu wine and cheese in the office. It depends how you feel about that. But I had a bit, a huge office, my own office. It was probably not smart. Honestly, I probably could have turned that into two offices would have been a better idea. But my office was really big and it had a couch. It had a fireplace. It had two chairs. We can bring in a bunch more chairs. And we would just do an impromptu. Hey guys, it's Friday. We've got some wine and cheese. The supervisors are in here. Come pop in. We're going to be in here from like after five until like nine. And some people would just like pop in for five minutes. Like, hey, just wanted to say hello. I'm, I'm actually heading out, but, but hey, how's it going? Some people would sit down and hang out with us for hours. Another impromptu is bowling night. You could do even an in-office game night. And this is things that aren't like so planned. It's just kind of... I think it's key for you to have a pulse on the happiness of the team, back to team morale. And if you're thinking like, oh, something's going on, I don't know how happy they are, then you're going to bring the impromptus, like maybe every month. Hey guys, let's do a game night, right? And you might do it like a week out, like, okay, we need to all get together. I'm going to throw out a message, a group chat, no pressure, but I would love just to hang out with you guys. Or let's go grab coffee across the road or you know drinks after on the Friday night like whatever it is but I would really have a pulse and when you're feeling like it's needed do an impromptu collective of some sort our office was right across from a Starbucks in a Tim Hortons Tim Hortons is our Dunkin Donuts by the way my American friends and there was like a mall with all the restaurants And that was really handy because I would often, maybe once a week, go grab a coffee, but I would grab my admin to come with me and we would just chat. It wasn't a long walk. It was just across the road, but we would get in the elevator, kind of chat just about life. 
grab coffees together and walk back. Like those small things you want to make time for, especially if you're feeling, okay, something's up with the culture. I need to do more of this. They need to see more of me, but not in the way of I'm a leader but in or a supervisor, but I'm just a person who's hungry for coffee. Do you want to go chat? The other thing I did that I absolutely love, it's like thinking outside the box. We were close to a beautiful park. I did my supervisions, my individual supervisions walking. Yep. I would say, hey, do you want to just get outside? It's so beautiful. We live in Toronto, so we don't get beautiful weather all the time. And they love that. They're like, oh my gosh, yes, please. Let's move our body. Let's breathe fresh air, bring a water bottle. And I would actually have an extra set of shoes in my office at any time I could go for a walk, plan for that. It was amazing with morale because we would chat. Like naturally, the first five minutes of our walk, they were bringing me up to speed on their lives. The things that I learned that they opened up to me about that they were struggling with in their personal lives was just so amazing that they felt safe enough to do that. You are going to go through all the things with your therapist. And I'm talking about, I'm going through, let's say they're going to say, I'm going through a divorce. My mom is really sick. We had parents die. We had like all the things, new babies come into the world. It's just so much of life happens that if you create the space, you'll know about it. If you don't create the space, you won't know about it. And if you don't know about it, you can't be there for them. I would know that their mom just died and I would know, okay, we need to send flowers. Obviously, she needs some time, all the things. I'm so glad that I created that space to know because probably if you're really busy, there's no space for them to say, here's what I'm going through until they're burnt out and it's too late. At the very least today, when you go to your bricks and mortar, why don't you just walk around? And you might be like, Nicole, I have no time to walk around. (laughs) Okay, fine. But if you could literally book some white space in the next few weeks to walk around, keep your door open. And sometimes I would walk around. This is funny. Every door would be closed. I'm like walking around looking for friends and there's no one. And I would go in the kitchen and there's no one. So sometimes I would just plunk my butt down in the kitchen eat a cookie, have a tea, and like hope that somebody walks in so we can like chat. So sometimes it's hard because here's the thing. I wanted them to be busy, which means the doors close, which means I have no friends when I'm walking around. So it's this like fine balance, right? What you could do too is kind of like plan. That's why some of this walking around sometimes works. You can plan when you walk around where you're like, okay, I know some people aren't always busy at this time. And then that's when you kind of just be social, give yourself 20 minutes, kind of walk around and chat with people. Let's talk virtual. Don't worry, I have some things for you. One thing you can do, as I mentioned before, use an instant messenger. Why don't you put a chat together just for recognition, just to say, thank you for this. You did a great job. Holy cow. She just did a masterclass for a doctor down the road. She killed it just for recognition. And the more that you post in there, the admin can post in there, then before you know it, other people are posting in there. Or what about a book club? And here's the thing. I think like we're all nerds and I find that therapists would want to do a book club if it was something like they're reading about a new modality. This thing just came out or we want to dive deeper into psychoanalytics, like just something that you don't do at your clinic, a book club. So everyone's reading the same book and then you meet and it's like coffee and books, you can call it or something like that. 
or a buddy system. So the tricky thing about a buddy system is because you're paying hourly probably, or you have contractors, if you buddy them up, you might have to pay them because you're asking them to answer someone's questions. But what you could do is let's say you bring on an intern or a pre-licensed, probably an intern, because we actually don't pay, we're not allowed to pay our interns. So depending on what state you're in, if you're in Canada, we don't pay our interns, but you could pair two interns up and then they just have each other. Or honestly, two pre-licensed or fully licensed people. If you hired me and I was new in my career, I would feel so good, especially if you brought another person on at the exact same time or multiple people. I would love just to have a buddy where I could turn to and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. What do you think? Or what about this? What about that? Can we jump on a Zoom call? Can you send me that resource? And I don't think, especially if you pair up the new people, they're not going to expect to be paid for that. It's not like you're saying, oh, here, contractor, can you like take care of this person and be their buddy? You're taking two new people that need the support and you're putting them together so they can lean on each other. That's going to improve morale. It's also going to have them go to you less. Last but not least, I love this one. What if you had an open workspace? You had a Zoom link that was open. This is how it's going to sound. Hey guys, I know some of you kind of struggle writing your notes. Of course, our policy and ethically, we want to get our notes done within 24 hours after a clinical session. But some of you struggle with that or you have all your progress reports that are piling up. We want to support you. Every other day, we are going to have our clinic Zoom open. Go there. I know some of you are asking, It's just easier. You won't procrastinate if you can show up somewhere and other people are also working. It's kind of like a study buddy where I show up on Zoom and you don't have to be there, by the way. So your admin, maybe once a week, few times a week, would go on Zoom, turn it on and host it, but her camera's off and her microphone is off. She's just opening up a space where people can go and work and be motivated by each other. My team, the McCants method, they love this. They just love... I was not like this actually in grad school. I I like just to study on my own. But a lot of people, probably you listening, you want a a bit of a buddy where it's like, okay, I'm going to go. I know other people are there and I'll just work. I'm going to barely talk to them, but like we'll work together. But also this improves morale because you're supporting them and they're going to definitely get to know each other and chat and connect on this Zoom workspace. I gave you a lot just now. If you're thinking, oh gosh, which one do I do? Why not ask? Ask your team. A good leader never guesses. I love asking on my instant messenger flock. And you know what I do? I actually did one this morning. I do an anonymous poll. So I'll give you an example. We're planning for our holiday party now. I like to, I'm a big planner. So it's a couple months ahead. And I thought, bringing partners would be a good idea. So I did a pool. I didn't want to guess. And guess what? They're like, nope, we don't want our partners there. I was like, okay, awesome. No partners. If I was to guess, I would have sent the invite saying, invite your partners. Do you see how that's like collaborative? Maybe before you say who wants to go bowling or do a game night or all the things, I would do a poll. Do not guess. In the end, culture really has a lot to do with you. How approachable are you? How open are you? I think probably you're both those things because you're a therapist. You bringing a therapist really has you be the best leader. But you might be thinking, 
oh, Nicole, it's so much pressure. And now you're telling me I have to walk the halls. I have to game night. I have to do these polls. Like I have so much because I'm in the building phase. I want you to know that you're not alone. I got you. I got you. I didn't have anybody I felt just like you did, but I just hope, I really hope that at least you feel that you're not alone. And in these moments, it can feel like a lot. And I want you to know, I have a Facebook community group of ambitious therapists waiting for you. Come and join us. There is thousands of us in this group. It is absolutely free. The link is in the show notes. This is a place where you can come and you can do all the things. You can complain because guess what? You don't complain ever, please, to your team because that will impact the morale, of course. But you can just show up and be like, wow, this is hard. Or you can show up and say, wow, I am killing it. We want to support you. The group is called Expand Your Psychotherapy Practice. It is waiting for you. The link is in the show notes. You are doing amazing. You need to hear that today. And I can't wait to talk to you more next week. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Business Savvy Therapist podcast. I hope this episode was helpful. I would be so grateful if you would share this with a peer or colleague that is wanting to help more people make more money and have more freedom. Make sure to subscribe so you do not miss any new episodes and please do leave me a review. It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next one.